Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, glad to have you with me. Remember, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Follow me on Instagram. You'll be seeing a lot of cooking in the next week on Instagram from me. You can also get my daily email. Click that top link. Um, and I, I actually want to spend a moment here and not talk about headlines, which I normally do. By the way, Nancy Pelosi is about to announce her future on the floor of the House. I'm sure you're all interested. But I have a lot to say today about the news, and I'm going to need to ask your forgiveness for approaching this in some other way first. We are a week from Thanksgiving. We are one week from Thanksgiving. The cost of a meal for Thanksgiving uh, is extraordinarily high this year. Every year at this time, I partner with a group called Hungry for a Day. Their request is very simple. You don't eat today. And the money you were going to spend on your Starbucks cup of coffee or your Chick-fil-A or your meal today, donate it to a family that is hungry every day. You be hungry for a day so that those who are hungry every day can have a Thanksgiving meal. Now, whether you do that or not, I really actually want to ask your help. And I so if you will just text DONATE to 33777. Or you can go to the website, Eric Thanksgiving, Eric, my name, E-R-I-C-K, Thanksgiving.com. And you can help provide a meal for a family at Thanksgiving who needs help this year. I bring this up for a couple of reasons. Probably someone you know, and I may be talking to you right now, and it's you. There is someone out there right now in your circle of friends who is actually struggling under the burden of debts, maybe got too far into debt, struggling to pay off credit cards, student loans, you name it, cars, home, struggling to make ends meet, and they don't want to admit it. There may be someone out there who has lost a job or their income hasn't gone up enough to keep up with inflation, which is a very real scenario this year a senior citizen who is struggling with Social Security increases to keep up and is really worried about Thanksgiving. They want to be able to provide for their family. That's what Hungry for a Day specializes in at this time of year, is helping people who are struggling to make ends meet not have to worry about their Thanksgiving meal. A few years ago when I started this, a $20 donation could cover a family of four. Because of inflation and the cost of everything, it's $40 now. But for $40, you can provide a meal for a family of four. That takes care of it. A Hungry Four Day takes care of it. It is a tax-deductible donation, 100%. Uh, others have stepped forward to cover the processing costs, all the processing of it. But I really want to encourage you, and, and I absolutely want to use out of the gate when I have the largest audience, to ask you, please, this holiday season, if God has been generous to you, it's so you can be generous to other people, and please be generous to people you don't even know. And a way to do that right now is to text DONATE 
to 33777. Click that link. It will take you through to the portal where you can provide for others. Uh, it is an impressive thing that Hungry for a Day does. Their goal is to feed 35,000 people a Thanksgiving dinner this year. 35,000 people. It's actually a pretty cool concept that they do to, to emphasize that uh, just give up your Starbucks for a day. Give up your Chick-fil-A. Give it up and give that money to other people. Give it to Hungry for a Day so that they can help. Uh, what they do is is remarkable. They provide all, all of the, 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 the stuffing, the turkey, you name it. They provide it for a family in need. And they do this all year long, but around the holiday season, it's most in need. Now, I want to step back and talk about something something unrelated to this, but it well, it's related, but it's not the same thing. My father-in-law, God bless him, uh, works at a soup kitchen, has been volunteering his time there for a very long time. Uh, on Mondays, he is there, and there are times where he's doing a lot of stuff himself and struggles to get volunteers to help at the soup kitchen. And it's a struggle, and it is mostly uh, retirees who are doing it. Rarely are there college kids, and if there are college kids, they show up, they want some sort of credit for school, and then you never see them again. Y'all, I'm a little bit concerned with the charitable spirit flowing through our country right now. I Listen, everybody's got needs. My family's got needs right now, too. Everybody does. And we should be taking care of our families first, help our families to float before we turn to help others. But some of us have forgotten about that aspect of it. And I am guilty of it sometimes myself. And we're in the holiday season. And I am mindful that in the holiday season, uh, the rate of suicide increases, the rate of depression increases, uh, the, the rate of struggle increases. And I really hope if God's been generous to you this year that you might be able to be generous with other people, that you might, if you don't have the money, might have the time to devote to help to a soup kitchen that will be feeding people this year in need. There are a lot of people struggling this year more than in the past few years. And I would just encourage you as just a small step, if you can, spare $40 or more. And if you can't, uh, there's another option. You, you can give less. But help provide a Thanksgiving meal. There are other things you can do. There are uh, grocery stores. I know Kroger and Publix in my area, wherever you are. Um, H-E-B, Heb and, and others. Albertsons in Louisiana, if you're listening over there. Um, Harris Teeters, you name it, uh, they are doing drop boxes for donations. If you go to the grocery store, buy a little extra and donate. It really does help. Uh, food banks, food pantries, soup kitchens are struggling right now. There is so much demand right now from so many people, and they're really struggling to actually provide food for all the people who need it. And this doesn't go reported. And you know what, dirty little secret? It's the same reason you don't get a lot of coverage about the opioid crisis in the news. Politicians talk about it, but news doesn't cover it. And the reason the news doesn't cover it is because the ratings go down. You're like, huh? Yeah, because everybody is personally affected by this right now. 
They Everybody knows somebody who's struggling with the opioid crisis. Everybody knows someone who's struggling right now to make ends meet. It depresses people, so they turn off the news, so it doesn't get a lot of coverage. I'm risking my ratings today doing this. But it's that important. I could spend all the day on this, and I won't. We have lots of news to cover. But I do want to ask you, please, on behalf of my wife and me, we are donors to Hungry for a Day. I would love for you to be a donor to provide a Thanksgiving meal to a family. And again, it, it used to be $25 could buy the turkey and everything for a family of four, and now it's like $40. It's it's gone up. Inflation has really impacted everybody. Uh, the, the consumer research associations out there, the news is telling us that the cost of a Thanksgiving meal has gone up pretty significantly this year for everybody. Uh, some of you are in a position where you can't be generous. You You might need the help. And if so, reach out to a group like Hungry for a Day and see if they can help. But if you can help others... Please text DONATE to 33777 or just go to ericthanksgiving.com and help Hungry for a Day do this. It it really matters greatly. Hungry for a Day helps folks all over the place. And if you want to help locally, your local soup kitchen, your local food pantry or food bank really could use help this year. Uh, My father-in-law talks to me occasionally about his soup kitchen and, and the man they see. And there's a lot of demand out there. Uh, his over in Carroll County, Georgia, his, his, he's had some companies step up and donate food and help them with stuff. They had to um, borrow restaurant smokers a couple of weeks ago to smoke a bunch of Boston butts that were donated. And uh, the community has really stepped up and helped. Uh, it's, but finding volunteers for, for these sorts of things is very, very difficult right now. And, I, you know, I've got a buddy of mine. He's got small kids. Uh, they're I, They're not small. They're upper elementary, so they're like fifth and sixth grade, and he rounds them up and they go serve food at the soup kitchen uh, in our neighborhood. They they go to the food bank and they help serve the homeless because he wants his kids to understand that, that his family lives a very nice life and there are people who don't and his kids need to understand that and help if they can. And I have never done that with my kids. In full disclosure, we try to give charitably as best we can, and we're mindful of that. I, I tend not to have my kids in public doing things unless they want to, and, and occasionally they volunteer. They both went out and painted houses for some elderly people recently. Um, but just given the attention that comes to them because of me, I don't put them in those positions. We find other ways to help. But we do try to help. And I hope you might consider being charitable. I help, hope you might consider helping someone who can't afford Thanksgiving this year make ends meet to provide them the turkey, to provide them the food. Um, it's it, it really hungry for a day. It's trying to provide 35,000 meals across the nation, supporting food banks, to provide turkeys, to provide the stuffing, to provide the mac and cheese, to provide the rolls, but they need your help. So yeah, I'm I'm hijacking this first segment to to make a plug here because it's it's we're a week away from Thanksgiving. We are one week away. Many of you are going to be going to do your grocery shopping this weekend, fighting over the sweet potatoes, fighting over the baking potatoes, fighting over the turkeys. If you can help, please help, please. 
please help. Text donate to 33777, or you can go to ericthanksgiving.com. It'll direct you to the donation site. Uh, I would like, hopefully, to have those of you who are very generous be generous with those in need. Uh, my wife and I, as well, have stepped up to help. Uh, we gave a couple hundred dollars to feed several families and really uh, would encourage you to do the same if you can. Thank you very much. When we come back, I will get to the headlines and give you the latest. Nancy Pelosi is currently on the floor of the House right now announcing her future plans. I'll tell you what those are when we come back. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Oh, Lord, it looks like Nancy Pelosi's speech is written by John Meacham, so it's going to be a bunch of highfalutin rhetoric about preserving democracy or some such. Um, Yep, sounds like it. American democracy is majestic but fragile. Democracy must forever be defended from forces that cause it harm. She's dragging this out now. Sounds very much like a retirement speech. Um, We will see. Now, um, we got other stuff we got to talk about, the, the headlines, and in particular what is happening with the House Republicans and the big initiative they've announced. I'm it really makes me mad and I'm gonna spend some time with this when we come back. I I'm gonna try not to use profanity on the radio. Right now I want you to know uh Fidelity is saying that the average four oh one K balance has plunged twenty three percent year over year due to market volatility. Uh, yikes, that's that's a real problem for Americans, particularly those closer to retirement. Uh, not a good setup. Now, I got to say, Stan Greenberg, the Democratic pollster, has some polling out you need to pay attention to. Stan Greenberg's polling shows that if the election were held tomorrow— There is one person who would crush Joe Biden in an election and would win a majority of the Hispanic vote in the United States. That would be the governor of Florida. That's right. According to Stan Greenberg, if Ron DeSantis ran for president against Joe Biden, DeSantis would win a majority of the popular vote, something a Republican hasn't done since 2004 running for president, and would also win a majority of the Hispanic vote in this country. Kind of a kind of a big deal. Um, very, very interesting that Greenberg, he's essentially warning the Democrats, you need to stop this guy in his tracks now, do everything you can to undermine this guy. You know it's coming. I mean, here's what's going to happen is the... All the media that said Donald Trump is the worst thing ever 
are going to move on to DeSantis is the worst thing ever since Trump. In fact, he makes Trump look better because he's smarter than Trump and and more able to get things done than Trump. They're going to do whatever they can to elevate Trump to drag DeSantis. It's already beginning in some of the headlines out there. DeSantis is a dangerous Trump. Oh, mercy. Of course it's coming. It's hyper-predictable. Uh, But it is fascinating that Greenberg is out there already warning Democrats you've got a problem. And, in fact, uh, more and more data is out there that the Democrats do have a problem with Hispanic voters nationwide. Uh, Even Carrie Lake in Arizona was able to increase the Republican share of the Hispanic vote against Katie Hobbs. Hobbs won the majority of it but did not get even as much as Joe Biden got in Arizona two years ago. The Democrats have a real problem with non-white voters as more and more upper-income white voters move into the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, non-white voters, move into the Republican Party. They don't want to be associated with the secular, rich, white people. They just don't want to. And I don't blame them. Um, they're, they're, they, they don't share their values. Hispanic and black Americans tend to be more churched than upper income, rich white people. They tend to have religious based values and morals and secular upper income white people tend to be more godless, are secular, um, are not grounded in faith. And in fact, uh, hold in contempt people of faith. And it's starting to have a real impact on their ability to get non-white voters. And the Republican Party uh, has a lot of problems but tends to uh, gravitate towards people of faith. You know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, First, Mike Pence was on the show on Monday. He was on CNN last night. I was on CNN a lot last night commenting on a, a town hall they did with Mike Pence about his new book, So Help Me God. And very, very uh, uses the idiomatic expressions of, expressions of a person of faith and has hired an evangelical team around him to try to get evangelical voters on his side. Should he run for president in 2024, that might help him with Hispanic voters. It'll be interesting to see that dynamic. Please consider texting DONATE to 33777 and donate to pay for a family's Thanksgiving meal this year. Hungry for a day is trying to feed 35,000 families this Thanksgiving. Donations are tax deductible. Text DONATE to 33777. Nancy Pelosi makes it official. She will not seek House leadership. She's not stepping aside from Congress. She's not retiring, not resigning, but she will not seek Democratic leadership. She has been in Democratic leadership for 35 years. Now, in all honesty, the temptation is to laugh and insult But there's a larger point I would like to make here. Nancy Pelosi is over 80 years old. And she is letting go of power without dying. That's a point you need to look at. We have a bunch of octogenarians in Washington who can't let go. They have decided they are the indispensable people. 
And Nancy Pelosi has decided it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders as part of one of her lines she used. It's time to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders in the House, and she's right. Overwhelmingly, the committee chairmanships of the Democratic Party are run by 80-year-olds. Joe Biden, 80 years old. Donald Trump will be 78 if he actually does run for president in 2024, which appears likely. What about a younger generation, please? What about handing over the reins to Gen X? We're upper-aged millennials. Why must the boomers hang on to power so long? Nancy Pelosi is setting an example. I hope more of them pay attention to. She is on her own terms without death or infirmity getting in her way, going to step aside and become a crypto day trader, undoubtedly. It's time for the old people of Washington to hand off power to the younger generation. The boomers have bankrupted us. Maybe Gen X can fix it. Now, unfortunately, as much as I would like to believe that, the House Republicans are not about to do that, I don't think. Okay, first of all, let me give you the full numbers. You may save me from myself because I may say something I regret here. The full number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I, I got up. This actually infuriates me. It infuriates me probably more than it should. It makes me angry. Dare I say angry? Yeah, it actually does make me angry. Um, I want to play you some audio here. This is from uh, James Comer. He will be the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He is a Republican from Kentucky. As such, this investigation will be a top priority. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the president's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. If you're a partisan Republican, 
you're shouting amens and hallelujahs. If you're an independent voter who just voted for Joe Biden's party because you thought the GOP was chaotic and crazy, you're thinking, come on, man. You said kitchen table issues. And this is the problem. This is an announcement they're going to drag Joe Biden and his family through the mud. The American people already believe everybody in Washington's corrupt. The American people said, you guys need to focus not on the crazy, not on the stolen election, not on Hunter Biden. Focus on me. They are not focusing on the American people. They are not focusing on energy. They're not focusing on the FBI. They could have an entire investigation into the FBI, a church commission investigation into the FBI. No, they decided to go for Hunter Biden instead. What a bunch of screw-ups. And again, if you're listening to me and you're like, Erickson, come on, they're getting Hunter Biden. But you already are going to vote for him. You who want the Hunter Biden investigation, you're already going to vote for these people. They lost everybody else. They're really going to get back the middle American independents and the 13% of Republicans who thought they were crazy by, I know, obsessing about Hunter Biden's human trafficking deal. Oh, yes, Mr. Erickson. Don't you understand, Mr. Erickson? They can expose this all. Yes, on Fox News and OAN and Newsmax, the voters they've already got. You really think the other networks are going to pay attention to this garbage? You can be morally outraged. You can say there's a double standard. You can say it's necessary. But Hunter Biden's already under a federal investigation by the U.S. attorney. All they're going to do is step on the U.S. attorney's investigation to drag the president's family. These are not serious people. And again, spare me your hate mail. Some of you have been salivating at the idea of getting Hunter Biden. Good for you. You're going to get him. But what about the people who just denied the GOP their red wave? Is this going to get them? Well, Mr. Erickson, we can multitask. We can do both things. No, the hell you can't. You haven't proven that you can. All you do is trip over your own feet. Here's the problem. This is not legislating. This is playing to the base who watches conservative media and listens to conservative talk radio. And you already have those people. You gain not a single vote by doing this. And you are unable to investigate the FBI and the national security apparatus of the administration because you're consuming the House Oversight Committee with an investigation of Hunter Biden. You're ignoring the problems at the FBI. The same committee is the committee that investigates that. So they've decided to prioritize the president's family over the policies of the administration. What about the kitchen table issues? What about... The kitchen table issues. They've ignored the kitchen table issues for the crazy. They've ignored the kitchen table issues for the conspiracies. Oh, there's a there there with Hunter Biden. And again, the U.S. attorney is prosecuting him. If Joe Biden pardons him, well, then have an investigation there. But in the meantime, 
Why not let the federal prosecutors prosecute instead of undermining their case by dragging the whole thing before the U.S. House for political gain? Because you're not actually going to gain anything politically again. You may love this, but you're already voting for these clowns. What about the independent voters who wanted them to focus on the kitchen table issues? What about the independent voters who want them to focus on gas prices and inflation? And for those of you who say, well, they can do both, why make this the first big announcement then? You've already elected Kevin McCarthy after the voting public said we kind of want to change. You decided to stick with your status quo. That was your first big announcement. Your second big one is, hey, we're going to investigate Hunter Biden and the president's family. What about the issues that matter? When are you going to announce those? Shouldn't you have made those first? Shouldn't you have said that first? Shouldn't you have told the independent voters and the 13% of Republicans who rejected you in the election, hey, we heard your message. We're going to downplay the crazy. We're going to focus on competence. We're going to show you we're competent and good at governing. And in two years, you can put us in charge. You know what this does is it sets up a Republican governor to run for president and campaign against all of Washington, Republican and Democrat alike for their screwed up priorities. You know, Donald Trump went after the Washington GOP and the crowd loved him. A Republican governor say, look, I fixed my economy in my state. These clowns in Washington are so busy going after the president's family, they're ignoring the middle class. They're going to crazy town. There's an opening. There's an opening. Will, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Eric. I appreciate your show. Hope hope your wife is doing thank you doing better. She is doing all right. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, what I was going to ask was with the change over to McCarthy. What do you think on the other committee chairmanships? What do you think we'll see there? Uh, will well, he be able to rein in the crazies? Uh, no, I, I look. Uh, McCarthy is dependent on them for leadership. I mean, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has basically the, the Freedom Caucus said they had the votes to block McCarthy from being Speaker, and Marjorie Taylor Greene said, "Nope, I'm all in for him." Uh, he's promised her a prominent committee role, apparently. So uh, he kind of needed them to get ahead, and and he's going to elevate the people that the independent voters of America are kind of done with. Um, it's not good leadership from, of course, if you know the history of Kevin McCarthy, he sticks his finger in the wind. The moment the wind shifts in another direction, he's going to throw all those conservatives he's using under the bus. Uh, I have no faith in his leadership. Mickey, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Mickey, how are you? Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. It's great to be on with you again. Sure. And I hope your wife is going to be just fine. I myself was diagnosed with a terminal illness a while ago, so I know exactly what oh, you guys gosh. are going through. Yeah. And I, I'm... I'm fighting through it. I'm doing all right, and I hope she will be too. Thank you. But uh, even though I hate to disagree with the smartest man on radio. (laughs) You're allowed. (laughs) I got to push back on what you were saying a little bit on, uh, well, two things. One, I heard you say that nobody predicted this this election. That's not true. I predicted exactly what was going to happen, as I predict every other election. But that aside, um, I've got to push back on what you're saying about upsetting, I guess, your point was the moderates and the independents by not talking about kitchen table issues and pushing this Hunter Biden thing. Well, one, that was exactly what we ran on this whole campaign. I didn't hear them mention really investigations or Hunter Biden once. It was all about the economy. 
was all they ran on, and it didn't matter. I don't think moderates and independents care. I think we are at a point where the only thing that matters is you have an R or a D by your name, and it's who do you hate more. Well, okay. That's it. So I I will disagree with you on this one. Uh, And to some degree, I'm afraid I have to tease the third hour here. But actually, in every county in the nation, there was a three-point swing minimum to the GOP this year. In literally every single county, the the Washington Post has a big story on it today, three-point swing to the GOP in literally every single county in America, all 5,480 of them. The key, though, is that more than 300 of the prominent Republicans who ran were running on 2020 and the election and being tied to Donald Trump. In New York State, they beat Democrats in Democrat plus 12 districts by running on the economy and crime. Uh, In Iowa, they beat out the Democrats. In Arizona, just now, a little while ago, the Republicans just won the state school superintendent uh, on school choice issue and throwing out critical race theory. Uh, those who ran on those issues mattered. Unfortunately, so many Republicans ran on revising what happened in 2020 and running as Trump people, they got blown out of the water. Virtually every major analyst, and I know Donald Trump is saying, I endorsed 227 people and only 22 of them lost. Yes, but you endorsed people who had no opposition, so they don't count. In the 20-some-odd races where it really counted, they all went down in flames. But the larger issue here is we know for certain we have the data 13% of Republican voters voted Democrat this year. Democrats were more loyal to the Democrats than the GOP was, and those 13% of Republicans are tired of this sort of crap where the GOP plays to the conservative base and gives them the the own-the-libs agenda and ignores the kitchen table issues. And independent voters— have voted for the party out of power for five straight elections until last Tuesday when they voted for the party in power. Why? Because they thought the party out of power was going to offer them chaotic crazy. And guess what? Uh, Investigating Biden's family sounds like chaotic crazy to a lot of people. I mean, if they want to do it, fine. If they want to investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's family, fine. But why the hell do you make that the first thing you announce? That's tone-deaf nonsense. It'll play well on OAN and Newsmax and talk radio other than this show. But it won't play well with any of the people you got to win to get a majority. One of those groups that wants to win to get the majority to fight for free markets and free people is AFP. They're teaching people around the country to be good activists. If you want to be a great activist, you got to go join AFP. They have a local chapter in your area, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. They teach you how to make presentations at local school boards, how to advocate for sound public policy to your state legislature, to your county government. They actually give you the information you need to support free markets and free people. They are very hands-on. They teach you how to do door knocking for candidates. They make you an overall powerful activist in your area. Please consider partnering with AFP. If they don't have a chapter in your area, they probably do. Most states have one. But if they don't, you may be able to help them start one. I know they're trying to find someone in Alabama to start one there right now. Across the nation, AFP has been with the conservative movement since the Tea Party days. They've never backed down. They've never gone wobbly. They've stood strong for free markets and free people. They want you on board. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. I was mentioning uh, to the prior caller about the data that showed a three-point shift in every county in America to the GOP, minimum three-point shift. Uh, If you are a subscriber to the daily email, you would have gotten that in the show notes. 
Uh, all you got to do is text the word data to 33777 and subscribe. Uh, when we come back, I actually want to talk to you guys about a lot of emails I got yesterday from y'all uh, about Hirsch Walker. Something I said about Walker. Um, also, he's being dragged for a uh, campaign event where he talked about vampires and werewolves. I thought it was kind of endearing. I realize we're all supposed to roll our eyes and, and treat it as very pretentious or some such, but I thought it was kind of endearing. He was talking about watching a movie and um, how some kids hired a guy to get a vampire out of their house, and it turned out he was an actor and he wasn't real, and he showed the cross to the vampire, and the vampire uh, took the cross from him and says, that doesn't work with you, and his point was that it was an actor. The guy didn't really have faith, and you got to have faith. you, you got to have faith. It was actually, I thought, uh, if you actually paid attention to the point he was making instead of rolling your eyes at it, not a bad speech. It's not what you typically hear on the campaign trail. It was kind of funny. And a lot of you are upset because I said yesterday I wasn't super excited about it. I'm going to go vote for Herschel Walker. And some folks made some persuasive arguments, including the fact that a 50-50 Senate actually makes it harder for Joe Biden to get far-left judges appointed. The Democrats are out trying to tell you, stay home, it's hopeless, you're going to lose anyway. I would not talk yourselves out of voting for Herschel Walker. He needs your help. He can win. If you turn out, there are more Republicans than Democrats out there. But I want to address some of the concerns and emails. But first, when we come back, my buddy David Huey joins me.